Mr. Happy Living here, and I'm happy to be broadcasting from WITV7 in the beautiful Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina, USA. Hey friends, join me for a moment right now. Just close your eyes if you can, and imagine living the unique and distinct life you were put on this planet to live. Doing work you love, with people you love, in places you love, and all the while creating something of real value for others. That's what I call a life of significance, and I can tell you it makes a very happy life. And so can my new friend, Jean Celestine Lakin. She's my guest star today, and she's here to share her unique and distinct journey to her life of significance. Hey, Jean, thank you for being on the show and welcome. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me again. Uh, it is just really an honor and opportunity to be able to share how God has just brought me from, I would say, ashes to just be here to be who I am. Uh, so I'm very honored. Um, like I was saying before, I just love what you do, happy living. We all need to be living happy. If we are here, if we have air in our lungs, that's really why we're here. That's it. Thank you so much. Well, take just a minute, if you would, and tell us what you're doing these days to make your mark of significance on the world. So Matt, like, just like most people, I'm juggling so much. And uh, I was laughing at myself uh, just the other day that I've been trained to just have so many, you know, projects going at the same time that instead of my brain hitting, hitting it, it actually starts loving having those multiple things going at the same time, I get bored out of my mind. So again, just like many people uh, right now, um, I have, I'm writing another book, um, uh, just really to inspire other people to live, you know, despite their past experience, to live their lives. Uh, that's, you know, that's what it's shaping into right now. Uh, I'm also mom of a five-year-old. My son is five years old. So that's a, in, you know, part-time in its own self. Um, what most people don't realize, I'm actually sitting in my office right now on my lunch break. I work at a, uh, I work at a community college here in uh, Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, it's called Lone Star College. Uh, I oversee our disability services. So I'm supporting our students here with uh, in disability services. I've always been passionate about education. And so I've done a lot of like in higher education and I, I thought, you know, uh, if I can give that support, that push, that guidance to our students with disabilities, um, they can reach their fullest potential as well. So that's my other uh, job that I do. Still doing a lot of uh, public speaking as well, uh, really uh, advocating to have this embodiment of humanity. Uh, I'm going to New York in a few days to speak about basically how to prioritize humanity. Uh, to see beauty in one another uh, as people. And uh, of course, I'll talk a little bit about the genocide and surviving the genocide. And this, uh, again, comes down to this kingdom of all of us, the humanity in all of us. Yeah. Well, before we move on, I want to I want to know a little bit about how you felt and tell our audience about how you felt to be in George W. Bush's book, out of many one that must have been a big thrill for you yes tell us just a minute give us a minute on that experience it was matt it was thrilling i mean it was I, i've got a call from his chief of staff and he said the president wants to have uh dinner with you and i said i think you made a mistake me <laughs> <laughs> that's great 
I thought you called the wrong number. Mm. And um, really, and I said, finally, my husband verified and it was, it was real, it was his uh, chief of staff. And he said, the president and his uh, wife, they really want to have uh, dinner with you. They want to have a conversation with you. And so we, we went, we got into this dinner. It was, I, I thought, at first I was like, it's going to be a bunch of people. He, he would probably say hi, wave his hand, and that's it. I've always loved President Bush. So I'm a big fan of his, um, but also to just really be in that same room, just myself and my husband, just us, and his wife, beautiful wife there. It was, they just have a way of embracing, you know, others. And when I walked into the room, I just felt this, presence of like kindness and love. And we just started chatting about the project that he was going to have, which was painting my portrait um, <laughs> out of those uh, 43 immigrants who have, you know, done a lot in the United States, but, you know, people like myself who wouldn't be recognized. There's so many people who do, you know, few things. Uh, I love what Kennedy said, you know, the man who was cleaning, you know, the janitor, every single one of us, whatever we do is important. And so they contributed to the people going to the moon. And yeah. uh, so when he highlighted my story, he was inspired by, he read my book and he really wanted to kind of get, you know, was taken by my ability to forgive. So the forgiveness piece, uh, and he said, yeah, I really want to highlight your story. I want to write about uh, your experience. And he did. So. I've been going back and forth. It's been such a great experience, but a dream come true. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, the tagline of this show is ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And the Bushes are like that, aren't they? You're just they ordinary were. people, and he did accomplish some extraordinary things. So wonderful, Jean. Now let's have some fun with mathematics and let our friends across the World Wide Web get to know you through our equation of the happy formula. You know the one, capacity plus purpose equals happy. So let's start with capacity and let us know what your practices are for building your personal capacity, physical, mental, spiritual, financial, emotional. In other words, Jean, what do you do on a regular basis to create the capacity you need to take good care of yourself and your family and still have plenty left over to be a giver to others? Wow, Matt, that's a very good one. Um, physically, I, I have been and I'm not physically fit, but I'm trying. I know even like when I speak to God, he said, you need to get working out. Oh. And so, <laughs> but I give myself a good 15 minutes most of the time. Uh, I do run. I love, I think like you, Matt, I love nature. I love nature. My son loves nature. So we like to just go out and just smell the roses just walking. Uh, and if I cannot walk, because it's been raining a lot here in Texas, we usually do um, like a good 15 minutes just juggling at home and mm -hmm. just core, you know, working on our core muscles. And um, spiritually, my faith has been the drive in my life. And so as a genocide survivor, somebody who survived uh, a genocide that took over 1 million people in 100 days. Yeah. Uh, you, you definitely, like everything just gets taken away and um, you are left with God. And so for me, I pray a lot. I communicate with God on a regular basis. And so it's through prayer that I really feel like I'm strengthened. Emotionally, I'm reading a very good book. Um, it's um, Emotional Intelligent, very nice book. I will you know, definitely recommend and also recommend yours too, Matt. Uh, Truning, you know, 
why it inspires you into action. And so for me, I um, emotionally really I check in with myself. And I guess, I, again, you go from having everything to not have, having anything. And so my attitude is it really turns into gratitude every day. If I switch on the lights and they come on, I'm like, wow, grateful for that. And so, and also being able to take a shower with warm water, those simple things that most people are not grateful for, I'm always grateful for those uh, simple things. Um, and financially working on a business, putting a husband into law school right now. So he's a full-time student. I'm very proud of him. And uh, working on a nonprofit and continue to write and speak. That, that's what we are doing financially. Really like supporting uh, others uh, through their journey. So we support with uh, my book. When people buy the book, mm. we are able to donate money to orphanages uh, because myself, right after that genocide, I've lost everybody. I mean, almost like everybody, all the adults in my family members were killed in the genocide, including my parents. So I was this homeless kid. Now I wanna be able to give to those children as well. And also to kind of help them understand that that we need to see one another as humans because all the, the society creates these divisions that you look like this, you're not enough. All of that, they don't matter in the kingdom of God. So we are giving back to those people. I'm still you know, learning uh, how to also help students here uh, because I've always been passionate about education, most, you know, pushing our students to do much more than they expected to do uh, in their lives and really to give them, Matt, maybe I'll have you speak on this uh, one of these days. I used to get in trouble with parents when I said, if your children have a passion, they're going to find a, you know, they're going to use it to help them. They're going to have to find a living out of it. Yes, that's it. So, that's the secret. <laughs> so you have the secret. They just, we need to have you speak to my, my students, oh. to those parents who get mad at me. Any, any time. So let's dive into one of my favorite capacity building concepts called Kaizen, a Kaizen state of mind. It's a beautiful Japanese idea that small incremental improvements add up over time to yield great big results. And I love it because it's based on mindset, not circumstance. Something I think you know a lot about. A Kaizen state of mind is knowing there's always something I can do better tomorrow than today. It's optimistic and it creates this gentle, powerful, continuous uplifting of my life day after day after day. So Jean, how does a Kaizen state of mind help you increase your personal capacity to continuously become more so you can continuously give more? So Matt, that's a, that's a very good question as well. And for me, I've always looked at, you know, life in general as, you know, it's a journey. Uh, our lives are just, it, it's a journey and there's a reason why we're here. And so knowing that we are here for a purpose, that we are created to do much more, they, it's almost like we are not limited. And so, and if you can use uh, your ability, uh, for me, the way I see it, it's like when you share kindness, when you share passion, uh, you hope and pray that it's also going to transfer into those people that you're giving. And there's just such something beautiful when you're able to give to others. It's just like you give it in a way I feel, I find myself feeling like I'm fulfilled by giving to others. And so, so slowly and small. <laughs> Let me add to that. So when, when you give to someone, you hope it infuses into them a goodness, but also to the observer, when somebody sees that, 
whole process, they feel good too. So it's lifting you and the receiver and the observer all at the same time. Absolutely. Beautiful. Very good. Well, let's move on to purpose, the second element of the happy formula. And Jean, I've observed that major life transformations or discovery of purpose often come from devastation, addictions, disease, death, disaster, some horrible event in the 100 days that you went through in Rwanda. Some, something awful strips a life to its core, and if you can survive it, you come out of it differently. But in my second book, Turning Inspiration into Action, I share a transformational process that I've used to discover my purpose using inspiration. So I think, so I'll just ask the question straight up and then you can, you can dive into it. Was there a specific moment or event or crisis or inspiration in your process that revealed to you the purpose you were meant to live? Can you share that with us and take us there so we can kind of experience what it might have been like? Because I don't think many people can understand. Absolutely. Um, so when after, actually, prior to the genocide, so I was this kid who had... We haven't, we haven't really talked about the genocide. Just explain what, what it was, when it was, and the 100 days, and how many people were lost, and then your personal part. Absolutely. So before the genocide of 1994, it was a genocide that was really uh, against the Tutsi people. Uh, in, in Rwanda. In Rwanda, yeah, the genocide, Rwandan genocide against the Tutsis, which it was one of the most horrific experience that I've ever, you know, experienced that any human should, you know, really even get to experience. It was, uh, I mean, just overwhelming to be, to go from having a family, a loving family. My parents were Christians and uh, they've loved the community. They embodied this, like the, the kingdom family uh, that I, in me as a child, watching them through that phase of like really loving and giving and embracing one another. Uh, and to go from that, having all kinds of resources, they have businesses, they, my father was a, a mediator in our community. So if there was any problems and conflicts, they come to my father as the judge. They called him the fair judge. And so I'll go from that to the genocide of 1994 against the Tutsi people, where basically it was planned, it was organized, it was just mass murder of killing innocent people because of the way they were created. Mm -hmm. And they went with like physical features, the narrow nose, the tall people. My father was a six, seven foot tall, so a giant there. But because of those features, long limbs, that's why I gave them away. And Rwanda had a racial identity card that so instead of carrying your driver's license you would actually carry racial identity card that have your ethnicity in it so people knew who was who mm -hmm. and they just went uh in that 300 days i mean uh, 100 days 90 days over 1 million people just massacred how old were you i was nine they didn't spare anybody and not the children and uh you lost everyone in your family? I lost both my parents, I lost uh, my aunties and uncles. Uh, and again, I, I grew up in a family where we were just like this village of love to go from there to just coming back to everybody's being wiped out. Dead. You're, you're nine years old. And so, so how do you go from 
from you must have been just frightened out of your mind and could you what can you do you're nine years old in the middle of all this mess we we just give us a, a minute or two on how you went from maybe being completely paralyzed with fear to deciding at some point i have to get on with my life i have a will to survive and at some point in that in that journey this turned into something you could actually share and use to give back to the world. So give us give us a minute or two on that. When when did that happen? So it, it actually so I'm during the genocide, I was with my twin sisters. So I'm hiding in the bushes, the bushes, the swamps, we're drinking rainwater. There was no food. Um, and I usually joke when I speak when I speak that we became vegetarians. We'll eat grass for survival. And um after I survived my three-year-old twin sisters, I mean, being three years old in, you know, in the forest, in the bushes, that was actually even harder because in my mind, I was like, I don't understand what is happening around me, let alone trying to explain it to a three-year-old. And uh, having two of them, absolutely uh, insane. Uh, but once I survived, I really, Matt, I, I tell people this, that you could be living, physically living, have lung, you know, air in your lungs, but not be alive, Correct. just like a walking dead, not the show. <laughs> you're walking on this planet, but really spiritually, you're beaten up, you're dead. Yeah. And so I was in that place. I was really in this dark place where I felt like I, I, there was no joy. And I used to be a silly kid that enjoyed the simplest things. I loved the sun and I uh, loved to get outside and just see nature. None of those things that made me happy. Yeah. And so coming from a Christian family, my mother used to say, if you have a bitter heart, anger in your heart, hmm. God will not listen to your prayers. It's almost like there's this covering over your prayers that God is not going to listen to you. And so I took that really, like, and it's true. And so she'll talk about forgiveness. And I said, I just, I don't have it in me to forgive. I don't have it in my bones and in my body to be able to forgive anybody from everything that I've seen. So I've, I've seen my father being killed mm -hmm. uh, in the genocide. I've seen my, my mother's dead body in, you know, in the middle of all of that chaos. So to use what she taught us to mm -hmm. be able to forgive, it was, it was a, I, I fought with this, I wrestled with this, and I just couldn't get anywhere with it. And uh, I remember just praying and asking God, just give me the strength to do this. And I remember just the, through the Holy Spirit speaking to me, God says, forgive them. So gently says, forgive them. Oh. I said, God, I just don't have, I don't have it in me. But if this is what you want me to do, I need you to give me the strength to be able to forgive. And my, when it happened, it was like a light switched on, that joy, that pure love it just like felt i usually say that it felt like as if i was flying up in the air and that's the freedom that's what forgiveness does to us it really liberates ourselves it, it gives us the freedom that we've been yearning for and one of the things too i share is that forgiveness doesn't mean you have to have this uh reconciliation with the people who you know who harmed you sometimes you have to build boundaries sometimes you just want to stay away from them but you're okay mentally and physically you have given it to whether if you have faith, you have given it to God. Now you're living a peace, not having that bitterness in your heart that just probably cripples you over time. Yeah. How long from when you saw your parents slaughtered yeah. till you had that that forgiveness moment? 
Were we talking weeks, months, years? It started at a very early. Uh, I, I'll forgive, but it, then I'll get into a, like a moment. I get reminded and I'm just like so upset and I'll go, that's not a pure forgiveness. That's not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And then, but when God really gave me this liberation, this freedom, it was about probably 10 years, Matt. About okay. 10 years what, from what the genocide. Okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, that's beautiful. I'm so sorry. I mean, I don't know how you can express sorrow for what you went through, but I'm doing my best to understand it and, and express that to you. Uh, Jean, let's take a break and let our sponsors spread a little love to our listeners. Thank you. Mr. Happy Living here. I love good things made by good people. That's why I love Dry Farm Wines. They've transformed my drinking experience with sugar-free, lower-alcohol, lab-tested natural wine. It's only grown on small family farms with respect for nature and using regenerative agriculture. You can literally taste the difference. It's naturally delicious. And it's super important because the quality of the food we eat and the wine we drink makes up the quality of our life. Go to happyliving.com, select Partners in Happy, and get your first bottle of natural wine for one penny. Share the gift of natural wine and pour some love this holiday season. And we're back, and this is a Something Significant show, and I'm your happy host, Matt Gersper. And my special guest star today is Jean Celestine Lakin. She's an award-winning author of the book, A Voice in the Darkness, and an inspirational national speaker. She's captivated thousands by bravely sharing her survival story of the Rwandan genocide, and by living the power of forgiveness and encouraging education and the unification of the human family She's a truly inspiring example of the human spirit being strengthened by God. Hey, Jean, I love this article called The Science Behind the Power of Giving. I found it on lifescience.com, and it says the act of giving itself can be a gateway to discovering your reason for being on the planet. It tells us how science supports the notion that giving one's time and talents and treasures is a powerful pathway for discovering purpose and transcending difficulties and finding fulfillment and meaning in life. So I updated our formula. Capacity plus purpose plus giving equals really happy. What do you think, Jean? From your experience, have you found that giving your time and talents and treasures has been a pathway for discovering your purpose and for transcending difficulties that you've faced and for bringing real meaning into your life? Absolutely. I love your formula, Matt. I really love that. That, that just like speaks. It's so, it speaks to the human family. That's what it is. Uh, we, if you give, if what you're giving, if all you have is time and that's what you're giving, you just have no idea. We have no idea. And I truly believe that only heaven is going to reveal all the, you know, the simple things that we've done for others uh, to see how the those things have created such an impact in other people's lives. And so giving to me creates joy, 
uh, it just gives me, I'm getting goosebumps as I'm speaking I about do. this. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a gift. It's a, we are here for a purpose to, to really have a change in others. Um, and there's a, a joy that comes with being able to give somebody to serve. Uh, my husband and I, we're into the, you know, servant. We, we usually call ourselves like servant hearts. Mm-hmm. And there's something about it when you are able to really brighten somebody else's day. Even a, a smile. People don't realize even a smile, it's like you're giving to other people. Now, if you can financially give to those who are in need, then that's even beautiful because you're really changing their lives. When I'm looking at it in terms of like being in education, I have students who come back and go, <laughs> changed the way I used to look at education, or I read your book and you helped me really navigate my faith with God again. Um, there was this like sweet woman who read my book really quick and she said, she was 83 years old and she said, I was going to go to my grave not forgiving this somebody, but I read your book in this this page and she had me sign that page, Matt. I said, it, it talked about forgiveness and she said, for that, I was able to forgive somebody. So a few months later, she passed, Matt. But to know that you give it, because I went through this experience, to know that what I went through gave her the ability to forgive. And now she's in heaven. I really, truly believe that. It's a gift. And it and it powers you further to continue doing more, to becoming more so you can give more. Yes. And, and the science agrees with us, Jean. And I couldn't agree more. I love the wonderful feeling that comes from that fourth element of significance, doing work that creates value for others. I know from experience, the magic of life comes not from getting more, which is what a lot of us focus on, but from giving more. But there's more to it than that. It's not just the giving that's magical. John, what I've been exploring and learning and experiencing too, is it's when you're giving from living in your purpose that's where you find the magic, the real magic. So tell us, John, how does it make you feel now that you're happily living your life and giving to others through the work you were put on this planet to do, and the people around you, like that 83-year-old lady, have taken notice, and I'm going to share a few things with you. So, John, I want you to sit back, just open your heart, and listen to the impact you're making on others by living and giving from the life you were meant to live. Jean is a truly remarkable woman. She is resilient, humble, selfless, authentic, motivated, encouraging, inspirational, and a blessing to all who come to meet her. Her faith in everyone and in God is inspiring. The most genuine person I've ever met. She radiates contagious joy, happiness, and powerful positivity. She has it all in one package. I first met Jean in junior high. She was the sweetest friend I had. Her soft spirit and welcoming personality allowed us to connect as sisters instantly. I found her love, generosity, compassion, and faith are truly genuine. She's even more beautiful inside than what you see with the eyes. She's a giver with a servant's heart, an absolutely amazing human being. Sweet, beautiful, calm, gentle, friendly, forgiving, graceful, courageous, infectious smile, beautiful soul. 
truly inspiring, ever smiling. She is a light wherever she goes. A hug from her is worth a thousand words. She's the bravest person I'm honored to know. I love her and my life is better because I call her my friend. To be in her presence will change you forever for the better. And they said about your story, it's fascinating to see her telling her story to the world. I'm so proud of her. I sat on the edge of my seat as she shared her story and childhood experience. Even though it's been over two years since she spoke to our students, the impact remains palpable in their hearts and minds. I was so inspired by her that I wanted to go public and share my story too. She's very strong and I believe God put a wall of protection upon her after all she went through. I believe she's a miracle to, to have her live through those horrendous circumstances and to be the loving soul she is today. She's proof that faith and choice can make a tremendous light in the world around us and beyond. May her journey comfort those who went through the same trauma, including my husband, whose family was massacred because they were Tootsie. Bless her abundantly. Jean has been through so much. I love this one but she's made her mess her message. <laughs> her story is captivating and one that must be heard. And a few more about what they said about forgiveness. She doesn't want sympathy for her painful past, but she is overcome with forgiveness and pure loving kindness for everyone she meets. She knows and loves Jesus and encourages her friends to seek him first. Taking the heart to forgive comes from the spirit of the one who loves us. And finally, her story is still being written and reminds us of the power of forgiveness and hope. Holy smokes, John, tell wow. us how that make you feel. I, I don't know if you realize that I'm just like crying. My goodness, where do you get these people? You got all those people. Oh, my word. I am so touched. I didn't expect you to cry. You made me cry. Oh, that is just so beautiful. That is so kind um, for them to take time to, to do this. It's um, we just never know that we never know. Uh, a lot of times I, people ask themselves, I don't know why I'm here. There's a plan. There's a purpose. Again, if you have air in your lungs, there's a purpose that you are here. And we are so limitless when it comes to, I mean, there's something my husband used to say. It's like kindness doesn't cost us anything. Right. Kindness does not cost us anything. And so if we can just go out there and spread kindness and love on people, uh, it just creates this magic that we never know. And a lot of things like, you know, I wouldn't, ha I wouldn't have known that these people I don't know who they are. I need to know who they are. You mentioned that you mentioned it earlier, and I, that's that's why I I could shorten the list, but I, I don't want to. I want people to understand that when you're when for two things, when you're in your purpose, your life is easy, and you're doing things, and it's just like you're it's, well, it's a gift from God. It's what you're meant to do. Yeah. But the other thing is, as you're doing it, it's not just your students or just people who you're serving or people reading your books. It's everybody around you is taking notice. And that's it. That's the magic. It's this great, big, happy circle. Giving your time and talents and treasures is a powerful pathway to discovering purpose. And giving from living in your purpose brings a profound joy to your life and to the life of those around you, too. 
Absolutely. So giving leads to purpose and giving from purpose leads to joy. So Jean, to more properly reflect the exponential power of the happy formula, let me tweak it just a little bit more. Capacity times purpose times giving equals happy to the third power, and that's really, truly, deeply happy. How's that sound to you, Jean? Wow, what a great formula, Matt. I feel like you need to publish more books about this. <laughs> or you okay. need to go on a show, have a show about this, because it really, like, it comes down to just that. That's what it is. Yeah. And when you live in your purpose, you really don't feel like there's work. I come in and I'm smiling and, you know, you cannot fake this kind of joy. That's it. You, can't. you cannot fake it, this kind of joy. You cannot fake this like laugh and where, you know, people are taking notice. It, it's that pure. And for me, again, because of my faith, I feel like God pours in me when I feel short in, in life and, and I'm able to give to other or just come in with, you know, this sense of gratitude with this like peace that others might just, you know, grasp, uh, which is just incredible. Yeah, I love the formula. I think it, it works. <laughs> Very good. Good stuff. Okay, Jean, let's wrap things up with the lightning round. I love the power of words and the capacity for great, for great quotes to change lives. So I'm going to read a few of my favorites, and then you tell us what they mean to you. First thing that comes to mind, because we call this a lightning round. Are you ready? I'll try. Okay, from Albert Einstein. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Yeah, God doesn't really like, he doesn't have to be this show up, I did this. No, he just, he's there. And we can see him through, you know, others. Yeah. And nature as well. From the ever inspiring Jean Celestine Lakin herself. When I think of America, I think of a responsibility to care for one another and to give back, not just to work on yourself, but to push others to do the best they can and to give people the hope that they can realize their potential. I think I said that one with uh, President Bush. It's a quote they have in his uh, in their museum there with my uh, portrait. It really is. We give others so they can really fully live the, the lives that God created for them. Very good. From Zig Ziglar, hope is born when you understand this. You have the power to make things better or worse, and the choice is yours. We have the choice. Um, you know, about 90% what we, we've been through is, is just, it's that experience. 10% is actually what, a, you know, it, it, it's almost like that experience. 90% is how we decide to live that life. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, we have the choice to just like not stay in the past. That was horrible, but to move forward. Very good. From Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. That's, that speaks really to my heart. It's um, The Bible says forgive others because he, he has to forgive us. So if you're holding forgiveness, you're holding somebody hostage, God is not going to forgive you. So it's just it's that simple. Forgive because we have been forgiven. Very good. This is our show anchor from Goth. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. I'm thinking of Nike. Do it. Just do it. Get up and do it. 
<laughs> Very good. Okay, folks, now it's your turn to be a giver too. If you can hear my voice and you were inspired by today's show with Jean Celestine Lakin, please share some love with our magnificent broadcast team by giving what you can to WITV7. They're a 501c3 charity on a mission to educate, empower, and encourage. They do good works with your kindness. Jean, I'd love your determination not to let your past define you and your message to encourage others to have rooted faith regardless of their challenges. And I admire how you've you harnessed what I'll call your survivor's strength and resolve to start up a nonprofit called One Million Orphans to, to support orphans where they are and to bring them food and clothing and school supplies and medical care so they can feel loved and can live happier and healthier lives too. That's beautiful. And John, I'm super happy that you've shared your spirit of forgiveness and pure loving kindness on our show today. Will you take a minute or two and share any parting remarks you'd like to leave with our audience? Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, Matt I, I really appreciate you having me here. Uh, like I said at the beginning, happy living. Um, we are here for a purpose. And if we really are here, be here, not be living dead. Um, it's like when you don't have a dead soul while you're still walking with you know air in your lungs. Uh, there's so much joy, there's so much beauty. And um, you know, we've seen a lot of like division in our country. These are divisions that are created by people. Uh, God, we are all created in God's image. Uh, one of the things my parents told me when I was um, came back and I was confused about the genocide, who's who, who, who looks like, my parents say in the kingdom of God, we are all children of God. And so really embrace one another, embrace humanity and go out there, live happy, as Matt tells us, <laughs> really live happy. Live happy. Wonderful. Thank you, Jean. I also, want to, I also want to thank WITV7 for hosting and promoting our show so we can keep interviewing inspiring guests just like Jean and reaching folks just like you, ready to create your own extraordinary lives. And most especially, thank you viewers and listeners. You'll find links to websites and social media and all things Jean Celestine Lakin. Find her, friend her, buy her book, A Voice in the Dark. You can order an autographed copy too. And a portion of sales from the book benefits her One Million Orphans program. And you can also donate directly to her One Million Orphans program. It's all available at avoiceinthedark.org. That's all one word, a voice in the dark, um, a voice in the darkness, a voice in the darkness.org. Once more, a voice in the darkness.org. From me to you, dear friends, I love you and I want you to be really, truly, deeply happy too. So I want you to go to, the hap to happyliving.com and take our happy quiz, because when you measure your happy, you'll focus attention on it, and focusing attention on it inspires change and learning and improvement all to flow right into your life. And once you take the quiz, and it only takes a minute, then I hope you'll give some thought about what we can do together. Yes, you and me. Give some thought about what we can do together right now to improve the happy of your world one person at a time. Till next time, I'm Matt Gersper. You are awesome. And this is the Something Significant Show. That was beautiful. And we're out. Thank you.